Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Welcome back to Flip the Lens. It's Alex Terranova. London Papa Michael, what's up, man? Oh, happy Friday. Your beard is looking beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> it, feels, it feels beautiful. And uh, we are recording another episode on an amazing Friday morning in Southern California. London's in LA. I am in San Diego. And the third um, member of this tripod, Brie Holland, is, uh, is out sick. And so we have replaced her today with a mutual friend who, if you've been listening to this podcast, you listened to her already and you've met her. But if you haven't, her name is Nick Kane. She is a consultant for female entrepreneurs who are faith-based and stuck and want to move the needle forward. But beyond like the, the box that I just put her in, she is radiant and she is powerful and she's super authentic. I actually met London because of her. And I mean, it's, it, when we were just talking about this before we hit record, like, how things work out. If I hadn't, if she hadn't been like messaging me online, if she hadn't stalked London, if London hadn't stalked her, if I hadn't shown up to the event, none of this would have happened. Me and London wouldn't be friends. London just worked with my cousin on this amazing like article that he's putting out. There's so many cool things that are happening because essentially all of us said yes Mm -hmm. to something that we didn't know what was possible. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be back. We're going to talk about, uh, I know this is a topic that's really big for you, Nick. Um, and I don't actually know a lot about your relationship to it, London. Um, but let's talk about faith. Uh, the way I just want to open it up is this can be a conversation about God, spirituality, about humans. Faith can can be broad. And, and, and I'm curious what you guys see. Uh, the thing that I thought of right before we recorded is faith is belief without evidence. Yeah, 100%. And for me, faith kind of comes down to self-belief, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of betting on yourself. So I get a chance to work with Steve Weatherford and I do his podcast and uh, Nick happens to listen to it. And uh, thankfully, she liked what I had to said, say. And she reached out to me, you know, and said, hey, I'd love to talk to you. I, uh, I'm involved with something that's really big. We do an awesome meetup once a year, but we have smaller events because this business is growing and we're giving up and coming people a chance to speak. So she's like, kind of, you know, I heard your story on the podcast, but let me just hear, you know, with us just talking. And I told her what I was about, what I was trying to do, the good and the bad. And she said, I would love for you to come speak. And the little voice in the back of my mind said, dude, you are not ready for this, even though it's one of my dreams Mm -hmm. to speak. And um, but I I just had this belief that like, dude, here's your chance. You know, you you took a chance on a a restaurant in Florida because you had faith in your friends and yourself. You took a chance moving to New York you had faith and you believed in yourself, you could make your dreams come true. And then I did it again when I moved to LA and it's never easy, but there's something so fulfilling about when you, you do it with your soul and your heart and you believe and you have faith in yourself in the end, it's on you, nobody else. So by doing that, I had a chance to share the stage with somebody I admired, which is a goal that I wrote down because I believed in myself and the context and the opportunity that I had, even though I didn't speak as great as I want to, and I even said things, I don't even know why I said it. You know, and one of my favorite parts was at the end of the talk, 
a guy comes up to me and he's like, man, you are not what I expected. You had a pair of tan Yeezys on. You got this big beard, your hair. He's like, you know, you were so much more down to earth. And the biggest compliment I got was you were so raw and I could tell you spoke from the heart. And it was could have been so easy for me to let that fear take over. But I had felt in, faith in myself and my story and the belief that Nick said, hey, I think you got the goods to speak, you know, so never let that little voice in your head hold you back from anything. You know, I don't pray much, but when I do pray, I touch my heart twice and I point to the sky mm -hmm. and I talk to my mom. You know, that's my uh, bigger power. That's my spirit. And that's uh, how I view it. I love it. I remember that night, too, when you literally I looked over because you could see the nerves of like for him and then doing your heart tap and looking up at your mom. And it was just, my heart was so filled like to watch that. And you were, you were raw, you were real, you were authentic and true to yourself. And I'm glad that you took a leap of faith to do everything from following. But that was part of your story is every step that you took, it was a step of faith to go to Florida, to go to New York, to, to reach out and have the conversations that you had, as well as then to come out here to the West coast and to follow your journey, to follow your truth, to to work on the documentary, to do every single thing that you have chosen to do, you've had to step out in faith because you have no flipping idea how it's going to end or what the outcome is going to be. But you're like, I just know. And so I love this. Me going back to the biblical truth, when I look at what faith is, I mean, it's, it's as simple and it's so clean and it's so crisp and clear, but it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I love it. And you're just like, that's what it is. So whenever, you know, we have hope for something, but we also have that assurance about what we don't see. We know, we have assurance that it's going to be okay. Like we wake up every, we set an alarm hoping that we're going to wake up, right? <laughs> but we don't know, like you don't know that you're going to yeah. wake up the next day, yeah. but it's just such a typical thing, right? So it's like you said that you've got this hope that you're going to, you're prepping for it. You're setting an alarm, but you never know. But an assurance that you're going to see the next day that you're going to do this. So I look at it's the same thing of how is that mindset that you've got. It's same for me leaving the Midwest, coming out to the West Coast, being like, well, it's got to work. I got to figure it out. I know there's a pull on my heart. There's something. And, and what I learned is when I jumped really into being a woman of faith, to being a woman of God, is that all of the signs, I don't believe that there's coincidences, but I believe that there's divine intervention. I believe that there's divine appointments. I believe that it's already been mapped out and layered and planned. Alex said no for months to coming to the events, but there's a reason that he finally said yes to when London was speaking. There's a reason that this all plays out. It's not a coincidence. This was already all mapped out. You know, we have the free will and the choice, but somehow, some way, if you two were meant to have this show, to have something, it would have figured its way out somehow, somewhere um, with that. But that's having faith that there is a bigger plan, that there is a bigger picture, and that we're stepping out, but we're stepping out boldly in that faith outside of our comfort zone to do what we need to do. Yeah, and he came to the talk to listen to Steve. He didn't come for me. Right. <laughs> we still no. love you, London. Wait, wait, wait. That's the beauty in the story. Wait, but here, if we want to get really real, I thought Steve was full of shit. So I thought Steve was out in the world as just another dude who's like using this platform that he had to like take some stuff that he was reading in books and like make a bunch of more money on it. Mm. And that's just, and look, this is, I think this is really important for, for you. People can hear this however they want. P every human being is a mirror for us. Yeah. And 
I what my ego was in the way of that Steve was mirroring all my fears about myself. I'm terrified that that's what people think of me. I'm terrified that I could be construed as that. It's so not. I always tell people all the time, if you want to make money, go work in banking, hedge funds. Like you don't become a coach. You don't do podcast. Like this is not the way that you make a lot of money. Right. This is yeah. like, uh, this is work every day. I got to peel myself off my mattress and go to work on myself and all the things in my life. There's a lot better ways, but there are these fears that I have, right? You were talking about the voice in your head. These are the voices in my head. And Steve was a glaring mirror for me about my own fears about myself. And so when I saw that he was there, there was a part of my ego that was like, I want to go see if this guy's mm. what, who this guy really is, see if he's really full of shit. And first of all, I was, I was impressed. He mm -hmm. wasn't. And it wasn't because of what he said. Who he showed up as in the room, his being was so clear that he was um, – that he cared about people, yeah. that he wants people to be better, that he was using the platform that he had already created as a way to help other people. Yeah. And yes, great, he makes more money because of it, but that just means he's providing value for people. Like money's not a bad thing, but it was so awesome because first of all, I got to get like a little slap in the face, you know, from my own, from myself and my ego about like, who the hell do I think I am in my righteousness? Mm -hmm. And then, yes, I got to the, to be with you, London, and meet you. And I actually, I think that was the first time we that met That was, I think, also. the first time we met too, um, yeah. And now we've just like, there's so many different connections, but I love what you were saying about how, you know, maybe there's the divine intervention of me and London were supposed to meet. I, it's a, it's a, such a fine line for me because I do believe that, if like I'm supposed to end up with like a certain person, let's mm -hmm. say like in romantic relationships, yeah. it's gonna happen. Right. Like I can't mess that up, but I do also believe that because of free will that I can mess it up. Um, I, and it's, it's there's, to me, it's like a both and, which is a weird thing. It's not an either or, it's not like, well, I, like because God said so, I'm gonna end up with them. Cause then there really isn't free will. It's kind of like a, there's a way that it could go that it could work. Have, have you guys seen the Adjustment Bureau? No. Yeah. Oh man, I, this is like one of my favorite movies. So in the, in the Adjustment Bureau, basically, I'll give you the quick synopsis. Matt Damon is like a guy who's like a politician, mm -hmm. and I can't think of the actress. Um, London, do you know her name? I'll, um, I'll look it up. Okay, while look it up while I'm talking. So she's she's famous. She's great. I just can't think of her name. She's a dancer, and they like cross paths, and they instantly are like, "You're my person," basically. Mm. And fate intervenes and separates them. Yep. And basically Matt Damon is like Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, thank you. Matt Damon and Emily, they're like not okay with Matt Damon is basically like not okay with this. He knows it like in his heart. Yeah. And he's fighting to basically get her back. And essentially the angels or the things that are intervening say, if you are with her, you two don't get to be who you're destined to be. If you're together, she won't be the famous dancer and you won't be the politician. I think I have seen this movie. Yeah. And he basically is like, no, fuck that. We're going to be together and we're going to be the mm -hmm. things that we want to be. And that to me is like a beautiful and go see the movie to see how it plays out or rent the movie. It's been out for a long time. Yeah. I love the idea that, hey, there might be a plan or something laid out. Like, I don't know, but it's ultimately we do have power. We get to decide. And if we want it to go different, we'll then create the argument, create the purpose that mm -hmm. that's whatever's at play would have it go that way. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, I, so we do have free will. That's one of the 
you know, when you look at both sides of the coin, there's a blessing and a curse to that. Cause that's why people are like, oh, well this happens or this happens, you know, but if God is supposed to do it this way, you know, God has a life ordained for us. He's got a vision and a plan. It's our choice to follow it. I do believe that if something is meant to be like, I believe when you read the book of Genesis, that the woman, the way that Eve is birthed out of the man's rib, that, that we are meant to have a helpmate. We are meant to have a person. But the path that we choose to take is that we do have the option to go left or right. We do have the option to go up or down. Now, where we get to that final destination, maybe in God's plan it was to be there in three years, right? In his, how he mapped it out. And time really has no limit with him. But because you chose to move to New York instead in between for a little bit, that it's going to take you a little bit longer. You were ultimately and meant to be in LA. You were meant to be on the West Coast. You were meant to do that, but you took a little side course. Within that then, what can happen is you learn lessons, you learn time, you learn different things that will now apply to what's going to happen to you and how it's going to affect your life and the way that you're going to make choices while you're in LA, the people that you're going to meet, the things that you're going to do. So even if something happens, it's kind of the same thing if something bad happens. I mean, the, the deaths that have happened in my family, the, the hospitalizations that have happened with me, the the unfortunate sexual assault situations, it's like, okay, but what is something that can, how can that be turned for good? How can that make a difference? So it's not that there's evil, but there's faith of going, God, you have a plan. You have something that this is meant to be turned for good then and how that can be used in a way. And for me, it was somebody got brought to me that I could help minister to and walk through. And I'm like, this is why, like, I didn't understand it for the last 13 years, but now it makes total sense. But it's having faith that no matter what you're, you're taking care, there's always going to be something, even though I have the choice. And I could have chosen to say, Ooh, I don't want to handle that. Ooh, I don't want to deal with that. I'm not going to do it. But at some point that issue that I'm facing, that situation is going to come rearing its head at me like a mirror, right? Like it's not going to go away. It's going to keep coming until you decide to go, okay, I got to really look at this. I got to figure out what this is. Is it their problem? Is it my problem? And if it's my problem, how do I fix it? What am I going to do? Yeah, this is a fascinating subject, you know, back to the movie thing, uh, the Benjamin Button. And he's like, you know, when she gets hit by a car and she ruins her knee and she can't dance anymore. It's like if that guy didn't stop for coffee because he was five minutes late and that woman didn't like bump into her with the flowers, she would have never gotten hit by the car. You know, if I would have decided to go back to Myrtle Beach instead of New York or if I would have said no to Nikki and not have done the talk, if I wouldn't have done. It's just crazy where life takes you. But I think the more you own who you are and what you believe in and you stay true to that and you try to chase what, you know, fulfills you and give yourself the opportunity to get out of your comfort zone and go off of faith, self-belief, your whole world opens up. And it's been the best thing I've ever done for myself is to have faith in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I'm thinking about this from, you know, faith. We before we hit record, we were talking about like religion and faith and that they don't have to have anything to do with each other, but they can. Um, I couldn't, the conversation about faith was a conversation I couldn't even have before because to me it was, it was like chain linked to religion. Mm-hmm. And Same. yeah, it was like faith has to do with God. And what's, what's cool about when you look at, faith in God is it, it can actually apply to anywhere else. So I'm like, like I said, I'm not a religious person. I don't think about God in, in the kind of religious paradigm. Um, but where the way I see it is, so if you are a faith-based, I always think of like my little Italian grandmother who had this, like, she can't prove what she believes in God, 
but she has a knowing deep down in her body that she that it is true and and that we can t- apply that same thing to anything in our life whether it be I think about it with like my what my goals writing books doing podcasts working with clients building a company that faith for me is knowing that there's a place and an impact I'm supposed to have in my me being here on earth. I had somebody recently, somebody was asking me about like the coronavirus or whatever. I was like, if mm-hmm. I'm, if I die, I'm supposed to die. Like, I don't, I'm not going to worry about that, but I actually have this knowing that I'm actually here for a reason. Yeah. And I actually haven't had that impact yet. And so I can't, like, that's not part of my, and I don't, right. I have faith in this. Like, I could be wrong. Like I have no idea, but that my actions every day, like the getting up, meditating, praying, doing gratitude work, um, reading books to help myself grow, having conversations like this are all actions that are based on that faith. I know I'm here to have an impact. I know that impact is to help people um, that are were challenged like I was. And, and I don't want to get into that, like that whole piece, but that I'm here and that, so my actions every day are the baby steps that are leading me on that journey to fulfill like this destiny or whatever you want to call it. And the thing that has me go forward every day is faith because what else mm-hmm. would there be? Because there's no, there's no guarantees. There's mm-hmm. no promises. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have it, man, it would be really hard to like wake up and do all these things mm-hmm. if it was just like, well, maybe it'll happen. Right. What's the point then? Then it's just like, just go back to sleep. Right. Which is how most people live their life. And it's really sad. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think that's where we all come in, though, too, of wanting that's part of the purpose of this. It's to open up minds to help people to realize that there are other opportunities. But we had to have that faith to take that step of going into the unknown, of not knowing what that's going to look like, not knowing. I mean, putting it out there like you talk about putting out content, putting out these things. London does the same thing, you know, in the fitness world and in his story about forgiveness. You have no clue who you're affecting if you are even impacting others, but you're having faith that you, what you say and what you're doing is for a purpose. You're having faith that at some point, somewhere, it's going to land on the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of someone that it's going to change their life, that it's going to help them. That's what keeps you going. It's the same for me. It's like, why am I putting out some of my most personal, raw issues and things that I've walked through. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I have faith. I have faith that there's a purpose to it. I have faith that even if no one says anything back to me, even if no one shares that there is a life that I'm impacting, that I'm helping save their soul, that I'm helping just being that conduit to God of saying, use me as your vessel, use my words, use my experience, but I have faith that you're going to do something good with it. I have faith that you're going to do something big with me. Because same thing, my vision is nowhere near fulfilled yet. But I got to have faith every single day to get up to go, no matter what struggles, no, what, no matter what trials and tribulations come at me, you're still going. And faith is the thing that fuels it. Like having to go back to read this Bible verse, to remember, to push that, to have gratitude on a daily basis. What are you thankful for right here in the now that keeps you going so you can continue to have that faith? Yeah. And for me growing up, I had a negative rela- uh, relationship with religion. So I'm, uh, you know, maybe seven years old in Cyprus. This is a little island in the Mediterranean where I live with my family. Basically, Cypriot is the same thing as being Greek. And I was part of a Greek Orthodox wedding and I was in a suit. It's the hottest uh, month in the summer there, which is July or August and open church. And I was sweating 
And I don't know if you've been to a Greek Orthodox church folks, but it's a long wedding ceremony is like an hour and a half. And there's these smoke things and smoke's going everywhere. And you got all these like preacher guys in these crazy outfits, humming and chanting the stuff for an hour and a half. (laughs) And I'm not even a guy that sweats. And I'm a little kid sitting there holding a smoky thing. And I'm just like sweating and smokes in my face. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is church. I got to stand here and sweat and listen to these old guys chant. What the hell is going on? So I always had a bad taste in my mouth. And then growing up with my mom married to my ex-stepfather in high school, we always went to church as a family um, on Sundays. Uh, Christian, non-denominational church, real laid back, chill vibe. We sat second row from the front. But I went to go eat breakfast after with it. That's all I cared about. I wanted to go get Mm -hmm. French toast and eggs afterwards. But my stepdad would not allow me to go get breakfast with the family unless I went to church. But he wasn't ever concerned. He didn't try to really talk to me about getting a relationship with God. It was just like, I always felt like it was like, well, we're going to make our family look good and show the town that, hey, my whole family's coming with me. And lo and behold, and they had this uh, men's Bible study that he did uh, during the week on Tuesdays, whatever that was called. You know why the main reason why my mom and ex-stepfather got divorced? He had an affair with our family lawyer. So you're telling me the guy that's leading a Christian Bible group, men's group, sitting in the second front row of church, you know, Mm -hmm. you're telling me you want to talk to me about, you know, what it's like to be a person of faith and Christian values. So that made me have a real sour taste in my mouth. And not everyone's like that, like everything like, but for me growing up, it took me a while to like lose that sour taste in my mouth from those two experiences. And I know a lot of people out there can relate with that shit. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and that's, that's a frustrating point from my end, but I get it. So the, the preconceived notion of church is that everyone that's there is supposed to be perfect and holier than thou and X, Y, and Z. So then when they do make a mistake, they're held to a higher standard. And to me, I say F that because realistically, Honestly, church is meant for sinners. It's not meant for saints. It is meant for the people that have go, I screwed up. I can't do this on my own. What I knew when I walked in there and I went on December 30th of 2018, but then when I gave my life to Christ, when I fully surrendered and said, I need salvation, I was like, I am at my wit's end. I hate who the fuck I am. I want to die. I am not okay anymore. I can't do this. And everything else that I have done does not work anymore. So I might as well try something else. If there's a way, if there's a daddy God, if there's a father, if there's something bigger that can help me right now, then help me because I don't like who I am. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like what I'm putting out there anymore. It's not me. I'm disgusted with myself. And so by going in there and having a safe space, and that's what it created. And here's the thing. Humans are still humans. I had to remember this, right? I had to remember that just because they're Christians, just because they're here does not mean that they're holier than thou. It does not mean that they're perfect. They will still offend me. I will still be offended. I will still offend other people, but it's understanding a bigger picture of how do you work through that? How do you have a conversation? And so for me, it was turning to the Bible. It was reading the book of Matthew. It was understanding when someone comes against you, it was all about me going inward and looking at my heart, looking at that. Now, everyone that goes to church does not choose to do that. The same as everyone that goes to a cell, you know, personal development conference does not do that. So the unfortunate part is, is that 
20, 30 years ago, we didn't have the personal development conferences where people got offended. And so now you can label it and go, well, they go there, but they're still not good or they're still not fixed or they're still not better than they were last year when they came, right? But with church, it's been around for so long that there's this negative connotation. There's this hurt that's a part of it. And there's these memories that have been built in now that you're like, that's that's what I know it to be. And so now it's having to go back in and break down those walls and say, it's nothing other than truly, it really is a place for sinners. It's a place for people that are done. I mean, I straight up, I still do. Like, I'm not perfect. Well, I still sin. I think I think you said something cool because I think, like, I'm not a believer in, like, like sinners and saints in the, like, language like that. But I think what I look at it is, like, it's humanity. Like, there are there is no human that's a saint. Like there is no, no human walking around perfect. That's not a thing. That's right. like, and if you think that's how you're supposed to be, you're setting yourself up for like a big fall and a big fail because part of being human is we mess up. Like right. we, we, like we don't know everything, the right decision and the right move. And, and I think a lot of us, even those of us that are doing our best, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? The only way mm-hmm. you can get better is to actually, how do you ri- learn how to ride a bike? You fall off a few times. Yeah. So if we look at that as life, like, yeah, how do you learn how to be a better human? You mess up a bunch of times, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, um, is there anything else that you guys need, feel like you need to throw in here before we wrap it up? We're, no? I mean, I, I could know. go on this for hours, so yeah. <laughs> well, well, you can also go, if this is a conversation that you love, if you want to talk about faith, you have a podcast called Unashamed Faith yeah. that you can totally check out and you talk about stuff like this all, all the time. Long. So um, I think that the the big takeaway I'll, I'll throw to you after London is um, I think it's really cool to look at is faith empowering your life or disempowering mm. your life? If your relationship, and again, you can throw religion in here, take it out, whatever works for you. But like, is the conversation of faith, is it supporting you or not supporting you? And if it's not supporting you, how do you change your relationship to faith so that it can support you? Mm-hmm. London, you got anything? Yeah, that's beautifully said. Um, you know, I keep thinking about faith and I relate it to failure, you know, and you don't fail unless you learn, you know, and you kind of owe it to yourself to, uh, you know, go on a leap of faith and believe in yourself. And uh, you might not, once you try something you think you would love, you might not, it might not be what you thought, but you, you did it. You scratched it off the list. And then see what else sets your soul on fire. Believe in yourself first. Well, Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you just jumping in, being honest, authentic, real, sharing your truth. Yeah. London, love being with you, man. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for checking out Flip the Lens. Please like, share, tell your friends about it. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.